The New York Rangers basically forget to play defense in what is a candidate for one of the absolute worst losses of the season for the Blue Shirts. Going to be talking about uh, just a dreadful performance, a 6-3 loss in Washington, D.C. against the Capitals. We're going to be calling out some of the uh, Rangers star players for pretty much no-showing this game and no-showing some recent games uh, as well. Also going to be breaking down the trade that sent Vitaly Kravtsov. It was just announced a couple hours ago. Kravtsov to the Vancouver Canucks. And uh, also going to be talking about Jake LeCision being placed on waivers. All that and more on today's episode. Episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 779 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And... Oh boy, where do we even start after that one? Like I said, I think dreadful is a good uh, adjective to describe this one. Once again, a 6-3 to three loss in Washington. And honestly, that final score makes it sound closer and more competitive than it actually was. Uh, the Rangers just did not defend at all. You know, some of you guys, I was reading some of the comment sections on YouTube and uh, responding to a couple of the comments that you guys left for me there. And I, I think a couple of you felt like I maybe didn't go in on the Rangers uh, the way that I should have after the most recent loss. But don't you worry about that because there's going to be plenty of that uh, to go around here today. There's plenty of blame to go around in this game just kind of in general. Uh, I think you have to start with just um, the awful effort when it comes to just team defense in this game. I don't know what's going on there. Guys are late getting back. Guys are, you know, pinching when they shouldn't be pinching. Uh, there's odd man rushes just left and right. Guys are not hustling on the back check. Uh, there's too many forwards that, you know, when they come back into the Rangers zone, even on a, a, a rush for the opponent, uh, they come back into the Rangers zone and they're just kind of drifting. You know, they're not skating hard. Their legs aren't moving. And that's concerning. Um, it's something that, you know, they can easily snap out of whenever they decide to here, but it's been four straight losses. And I was thinking that, you know, we'd see a desperate Ranger team here to end this losing streak, get Igor Shesterkin a win. Uh, we didn't see any of that at all. And I also, as I mentioned just a minute ago, I got to call out some of the Rangers star players because there's been too many superstar players in the Rangers that have basically been no-shows uh, in, you know, recent games here, particularly this uh, four-game losing streak. You know, the Rangers had only uh, four goals in three games coming into this one, and they end up with three goals in this game, but that was a deceiving three goals. You know, the game was completely out of hand by the time the Rangers scored their second and certainly their third goal of this game, but Rangers star players just not getting it done lately. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are probably going to want to start with Igor Shesterkin, who had another rough game here, but he had absolutely no help uh, at all from his team on this one. I'm talking more about uh, some of the Rangers star forwards who just are not noticeable. They're not producing scoring chances. They're not really doing much of anything. Um, you know, Chris Kreider is somebody that I got to start with. He has been a ghost after, over these last handful of games. And, you know, if you just kind of look at the score sheet and he didn't see this game, you might think that he's kind of a weird player to start with because he actually ended up with a goal and an assist in this game, but it was empty calories. You know, none of that really mattered. Uh, when Kreider scored, the Rangers were down 5-1 to one with about, I don't know, 12 or 13 minutes to go, whatever it was there. Uh, that cut the lead 
to five to two, the Capitals lead that is, and that occurred while the Rangers had a two-minute five-on-three power play. And the Rangers have struggled on the power play at times. And uh, it's nice to know that if they get a full two minutes on a five-on-three, they can actually get one uh, into the net there. And Kreider scored on a, on a deflection, and you know, good for him for doing that. But there's just too many shifts where he just isn't engaged, isn't noticeable. So I had to start with him. Uh, Mika Zibanejad has certainly not played as well as he can recently. With Mika, you know, he's one of those guys. I always call him the most consistently excellent player on the Rangers, and I stand by that, but he has not been at the top of his game recently. It was another game here where uh, you just don't notice him that much. I don't know if maybe that top line is being weighed down a little bit by Jimmy Vesey, but you know, there, there's not really a better option. I know they went to Capo Caco later in the game. Uh, you could go with Caco there if you want to. That would entail breaking up the kid line. I'm still uh, open to that idea, but you know, Mika hasn't been at his best recently. Uh, been a quiet handful of games for Artemi Panarin as well. Um, again, you know, maybe little flashes here and there, but um, just not a very noticeable player in this game at all. And Tarasenko. Tarasenko has been a ghost recently. And, you know, he's he's gotten a decent amount of points since he's come over, you know, in that trade. And obviously, look, I mean, I guess to a certain extent, you still have to grade on a curve a little bit when you've got players that are coming over and, and joining a new team. But, I mean, it's been what now? Like eight or nine games since that trade was made. You know, I'm expecting more out of Tarasenko. I... I would say something about how he played in this game, but I'm not convinced that he did play. I, I have to look at the box score just to make sure he was actually on the ice. He did nothing in this game and, uh, you know, hasn't really done a whole lot the last couple of games either. So uh, the Rangers star players really need to step it up big time. And it, it kind of leads me into something else I want to talk about because I don't want this whole episode to be just doom and gloom and negativity and everything. You know, I still think the Rangers are a good team. I think they will figure it out here. They're just going through a funk, but they have to turn in a better effort than this. And I thought... Four players in particular uh, brought the effort in this game for the Rangers, gave you uh, pretty much everything they had when they were on the ice. And if you guys feel like there were more, feel free to leave it in the comments. But to me, the four players that stood out in a positive way for the New York Rangers in this game were Barclay, Goodrow, and the kid line. You know, Goodrow uh, showed up. He skated hard the entire game, played physical. Uh, he scored a goal on a deflection. You had Tyler Mott basically just kind of throwing the puck toward the net. And Goodrow redirecting at home, just a beautiful tipping goal that tied the game at one to one. Uh, yet also had a situation where uh, Goodrow stood up and fought TJ Oshi after Oshi uh, took out Ryan Lindgren on what I thought was a dirty hit. More on that in just a little bit here, but it was nice to see Barkley Goodrow answer the bell there, throw it on the gloves, and uh, you know take on somebody who um, had just injured his teammate on what was once again a, a very questionable hit at best. And we're going to dive into that in greater detail in due time here. Don't anybody worry. But Goudreau was playing hard overall in this game. You know, on one of the, the Capitals' goals, he was in there in the crease trying to defend. You know, he's down on his stomach, and he's he's like flailing at the puck, and, you know, the puck ba barely went over the line, and he's reaching and trying to grab it and pull it back out. Wasn't quite able to do it. But I, I think Barclay Goodrow, uh, he was noticeable in some positive ways, gave you an honest effort in this one. And as for the kid line, you know, I'm glad that Kako actually got that goal with about 27 seconds left or whatever it was there. I mean, look, it's obviously a garbage time goal. It knocks the lead from 6-2 down to 6-3. It doesn't really matter that much, but maybe the hockey gods smiling on Capo Caco there. Uh, I thought the kid line, like I said, they they overall uh, had a pretty nice game for themselves. They weren't always rewarded in terms of, uh, you know, points or anything like that, but, you know, they, they were noticeable, and I thought they kept offensive zone possessions alive through some really hard work. Uh, there was a instance in the first period where, you know, Caco... He had possession of the puck forever. He was basically just going back and forth in the corner there, you know, going this way, going that way, trying to shake the defender. He eventually makes a pass back to Lafreniere, who let it rip at the net. 
Uh, puck was laying there, and Hedl got to it, but unfortunately, Hedl could not get a shot away. Um, so that was, uh, you know, unfortunate that Hedl couldn't convert on that scoring opportunity there. But then later in the first, you know, Hedl almost set up Lafreniere with a tipping goal. You know, the pass just barely missed there, but they rush into the zone with a lot of speed, did Hedl and Lafreniere on that play. And then you had a situation, and uh, we're going to talk more about, you know, the fisticuffs and everything in a little bit. We're definitely going to get to that whole Oshie and Lindgren situation. But, uh, you know, Philip Hedl, then he basically gets speared in the balls by Kuznetsov. And I'm sorry, I don't have any other way to say it. Uh, apologies to the censors there, but that's what happened. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it because that's what it was. Uh, with the Capitals, you always have to expect things like this. And, you know, they're thuggery or whatever you want to call it. It was out basically in uh, in full force in this game. A lot of uh, questionable hits and questionable moments for this Washington Capitals team. Uh, but Hedl and Van Riemsdyk, they were getting into it a little bit later in the game. Uh, Lafreniere jumped in to stick up for Philip Hedl, which leads me to another point. I feel like in recent games, the kid line has been out there and they've like really been mixing it up. You know, some extracurriculars after the play. It seems like there's always a little bit of a dust up whenever they're on the ice. I don't know if maybe that's like an age thing and the veteran players are tired of these pesky kids or, you know, the, the kid line, they're just taking it upon themselves to try to inject some life into their teammates because that's certainly been lacking over these last four games here. But uh, one way or another, it does seem like there's been uh, more extracurriculars than we're used to seeing uh, when it comes to the kid line, at least in recent games here. Uh, there was also a situation where, I mean, this was just good goaltender goal play for, for you know, Washington. But um, this is early in the second period. Brandon Schneider goes in. Slap shot is saved. Kako tries to bury the rebound. That's saved. Lafreniere tries to bury that rebound. And that is saved and uh, held um, for a stoppage. But uh, you also had a situation where, you know, tough guy Tom Wilson, he's going after Capo Kako at the end of a play. Uh, Hedl was getting into it with Ovechkin. And then ESPN, while this fight was breaking out, decided to go to a commercial. Ladies and gentlemen, the worldwide leader. Um, so overall, like I said, I, I mean, I, I thought the kid line, you know, their, their hearts were in it. It was an honest effort from those guys. Uh, ditto for Barclay Goodrow. Other than that, though, you know, I, I really got to take some issue with the Rangers star players not showing up for this one. Capitals had lost six straight games coming into this. I don't know if the Rangers thought they could just win with skill, if they would just coast to a victory here. Rangers-Capitals is always kind of nuts. It's always a rivalry game. You can't expect to just go in there and, and waltz your way to a 5-1 to lead. It's just not going to happen. A 5-1 to win, not a 5-1 to lead. Um, but yeah, we'll keep everything rolling in just a second here. We got a whole bunch of other stuff to get to. I don't want to go a second longer without talking about uh, the controversial hit that TJ Oshie put on Ryan Lindgren. Going to have a lot to say about that. Uh, also going to talk about the line combinations and why it's a little strange that uh, Gerard Gallant, of all people, is not making adjustments to his line over this last handful of games. I'll explain what I mean uh, by that in just a second. But first, we got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by athletic greens. I started taking athletic greens about nine months ago because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great and I wanted to see what all the hype was about. Now I've been on it, like I said, for about nine months and I absolutely love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It is lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it is cheaper than your cold brew habit. 
Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. And like I said, I don't want to go a second longer on here without uh, getting to, you know, what was obviously a big point in the game and it could have uh, long-term repercussions for the New York Rangers. And that was what I thought was a garbage hit by TJ Oshie on Ryan Lindgren. I, I know, you know, some of the announcers, they were a little bit wishy-washy on it and they seemed to err on the side of saying that it was a clean hit. To me, this wasn't a clean hit because TJ Oshie approached Ryan Lindgren from behind in the neutral zone, hit him from behind, drove him face force into the boards and clearly injured him because Ryan Lindgren, you know that guy in most circumstances is going to have to be dragged off the ice, kicking and screaming. I have not seen an update yet. You know, we're recording this right after the game ended. Fingers crossed that Ryan Lindgren is going to be okay. But this isn't a situation where, you know, Oshie was off balance or, or like, you know, Lindgren turned his back at the last second, and at that point, Oshie couldn't stop. No, he approached him from behind. He could see the name Lindgren right there on the jersey. He could see the numbers, and he never stopped. He drove him face, for, face first into the boards uh, right between the two benches there, and I didn't like it. I thought it was a garbage hit by, by Oshie there, and uh, just kind of par for the course for this Washington Capitals team and the kind of stuff that they've been pulling in recent years. Uh, I can't imagine it has anything to do with the fact that Peter Laviolette is their coach either. Um, but Lindgren was ruled out, you know, going into the second period, uh, I guess the, I mean, I was going to say this is a silver lining, which it sort of was. One of the silver linings here is that Ben Harper was dressed in this game. You know, Kravtsov and LeCision were both scratched. So I guess, you know, the silver lining is that, well, okay, we have a, we've dressed seven defensemen. We can plug Ben Harper in there. And, um, you know, at least we have six defensemen the rest of the way. We don't have to go with five. But honestly, what difference did it make? It didn't matter which defensemen were on the ice or how many of them there were. Uh, it was odd man rush after odd man rush after odd man rush for this Capitals team and uh, just goal after goal after goal after goal. So uh, I was going to say it was a silver lining. It kind of wasn't. It didn't really make any difference whatsoever, uh, at least in my very humble estimation. But you had Harper out there with Braden Schneider. You had Mikola out there with Fox. So Mikola jumped from the third pairing to the first pairing, and uh, Harper took Mikola's spot on the third pairing alongside Braden Schneider. And again, I... I don't know if they mix and match that much because by the time this game got to the third period, I was just kind of seething about everything that had happened. And to kind of keep the focus here on the whole TJ Oshie, Ryan Lindgren thing and explain why I was seething, they basically let TJ Oshie just dance on them the rest of the game. You know, Oshie had already had the one goal by the time that he put that hit on Lindgren. He scores another goal after that. He comes within an inch of a hat trick. He ends up, you know, getting an assist on that play instead. But how are you not all over this guy the rest of the game? You know, and I realize, like, oh, she's a good player. He's been in this league for a long time. Um, it's easier said than done. But how are you not keying on this guy? How are you not? How are you letting him just waltz into your zone on all these rushes, just completely uncontested, just going around defensemen like they're standing still and just driving right to the net and uh, giving your goalie absolutely no help? How are you going to let somebody that took out your teammate, the heart and soul of your team, on a dirty hit? How are you going to let that guy completely dominate the game? And while we're talking about this, while we're on the subject, I mentioned Kuznetsov a second ago and what he did to Filipino. Yeah, they end up allowing 
Kuznetsov to score two goals. And again, talented player. Obviously, it's easier said than done to just shut these guys down the rest of the way. They allow Kuznetsov to get two goals on breakaways. How are you letting this guy get behind you after the the garbage that he pulled earlier in that game when he uh, did what he did to Filipino? So uh, very, very frustrating. It's one of those situations where, um, you know, pretty much everything that could go wrong did go wrong in this game. And the Rangers, I would say they've had worse losses than this because at least in this one, they didn't have like a three-goal lead that they let slip away. But in terms of just uh, the kind of loss that just makes you sick to watch it, this to me uh, might be at the top of the list uh, for pretty much everything I just said there. You know, the, the thing with Oshie, the thing with Kuznetsov, and then allowing both of those players to basically just do whatever they want to your team the rest of the way, uh, just just awful. Just doesn't really get uh, a whole lot worse than that. We're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here, though. I want to talk about... Uh, some of the uh, the line combinations. One other thing that I want to mention here, though, uh, before we turn the page here, so to speak, is this is yet another defensive meltdown by this New York Ranger team once Ryan Lindgren is no longer available. And, you know, it's possible that even with Lindgren out there, the Capitals still would have scored all these goals and uh, the game would have turned into a blowout. It's definitely possible. Um, but we've seen this time and time again, man. When Ryan Lindgren leaves the ice, when he is not available to this Ranger team, they fall apart defensively. And, and, you know, Ryan Lindgren, I'm at the point where, you know, he very well might be my favorite player on this team. So nobody out there listening to this needs to, like, try to convince me or tell me how much that Ryan Lindgren means to this Ranger team. But even I still am kind of surprised by it at times because I know he's a great player. I know he's one of those guys that, you know, he doesn't get the national attention. If you're a fan of some other random team, there's a good chance you've probably at least heard of Lindgren, but you don't really know a whole lot about him. Yeah, you know, he's that guy with Adam Fox, but, you know, guys like Fox and Truba and even K. Andre Miller now, an emerging superstar, they're all kind of in the limelight more often than Ryan Lindgren, but it never fails to amaze me. When you take Ryan Lindgren out of the equation and when he's not available to this team, they fall apart. They, they can't do anything defensively. They, they just... It's like a turnstile and entering the Rangers' uh, zone on a rush. And it's it's just crazy to think about because it's not like Ryan Lindgren is on the ice for all 60 minutes. So how do they manage to play defense, you know, when, when he's healthy but just on the bench? It's just it's mind-boggling to me um, how much. And, and this is coming from somebody who, once again, is a big Ryan Lindgren fan. And I have sung his praises more times than I can count on this podcast. But how does it go so south so fast the second you take Ryan Lindgren out of the equation. It really is uh, borderline otherworldly uh, what a difference he makes for this team. And, you know, there's going to be tough decisions to be made as far as, uh, you know, who, who's going to be on this team long-term and who's not. Ryan Lindgren, another year on his contract after this one before he's an RFA. Don't trade Ryan Lindgren. And I know there's a case to be made for it. You know, they can't afford him. They've got other good defensemen. Uh, Ryan Lindgren plays a very physical style. And, um, you know, he might decline a little bit earlier than other defensemen might decline. I don't care. This man needs to be a New York Ranger. He is the heart and soul of this team. But like I said, we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. I do want to talk about a couple of the... uh, the line combinations and a couple of other things as well. Got to get to the Vitaly Kravtsov trade, which obviously produced a King's Ransom for the New York Rangers. It did not. But we'll get into that in just a second and uh, try to figure out how it got to this point where the Rangers gave up Vitaly Kravtsov for essentially absolutely nothing. But we will get to all that in just a second. First, though, we got to let everybody know today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. 
America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. To learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, let's go ahead and uh, keep everything rolling here. So the Rangers went with the same line combinations that they've been going with, and I know a lot of us have kind of been calling for some uh, continuity as it pertains to line combinations. You know, Gallant, you know, even I said this, and I'm somebody that typically uh, supports Gerard Gallant. Uh, he does change the lines a little too often for my liking, but he hasn't really changed the lines that much in the last couple of, of games, and it's just kind of an odd time to not change the lines. You know, if ever there was a time to shuffle the deck a little bit, I think it's when you score just four goals in three games coming into this one. And like I said, they got three goals in this game. But even after that, you're looking at, what is that? Uh, four goal, uh, Seven goals in four games, which is not obviously a good amount. And I, I think the Rangers actually did change their line combinations a little bit toward the very end of this game. But I mean, at that point, like I said, it, who, who even cared? They were down five to one. They were getting killed. They could not stop a leaky faucet. I don't even know what that means. You get the idea. They were letting odd man rushes come into their zone uh, one after the next, and it was just pretty obvious that this was not going to be their day, and still no real line changes. And for all the times to, to really kind of dig in and say, no, th this is the lineup we're going to go with. These are the line combinations. Just kind of an odd time to do it. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what they look to go with going forward. And obviously, you, know, you have 11 forwards. You're kind of uh, in a roundabout way having different line combinations out there anyway. But even with that being the case, it would have been interesting to see them uh, maybe try something a little bit different because uh, the Rangers obviously were not getting it done in this game, and they haven't gotten it done in the recent games either, especially as it pertains to uh, offense. Honestly, they haven't gotten it done in any area of the game. Igor has not been good. Uh, the team defense has been atrocious, and the star player is not stepping up and creating really any kind of offense. Other than that, everything's going great right now. But, um, you know, I suppose the good news, and we're going to get to the Kravtsov trade in just a second, the good news or the bad news is that the Rangers are right back in action at home against the LA Kings on Sunday at 5 p.m. It, it's good news. I think overall it's good news. Get back out there and try to get yourself a win. Uh, it's bad news, though, if you feel like things are kind of spiraling right now and the team could use a little bit of a break. But uh, they're not going to get a break. They play on Sunday, and they got to bring it a heck of a lot more than they did in this one. I would imagine Yaroslav Halak would be in net for that one. Uh, Halak closed out this game, playing the third period in net for the Rangers, gave up the one goal. But uh, by then, like I said, it was all garbage time, and it, it pretty much didn't even matter at that point. But as far as uh, the Rangers making a couple of transactions here today, you've got Jake LeCision being placed on waivers, and you got Vitaly Kravtsov being traded to the Vancouver Canucks. As far as LeCision goes, it is for cap accrual purposes. As we await to see if the Rangers do indeed end up trading uh, for Patrick Kane, uh, that is a step in the process of eventually doing that. 
Uh, the other bit of news, of course, is that uh, Vitaly Krasov's very eventful, yet ultimately very short and unproductive tenure as a New York Ranger has officially concluded. He goes to the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for Will Lockwood and a seventh round draft pick in 2026. That is all the Rangers could get for Vitaly Krasov. Now, look, I knew that Krasov's trade value was not very high, but my God, this is somebody that uh, has some skill, clearly just obviously has not even come close to putting it all together and, um, you know, obviously has had some maturity issues, so that probably hurt as well. Uh, somebody that was taken number nine overall in the draft, but yeah, I mean, nobody nobody was buying whatever the Rangers were selling here as far as uh, Vitaly Krasov trade talks are concerned. Everybody knew the Rangers wanted to trade him. Uh, kind of hopeful that, you know, given the fact that there's 31 other teams in the league that somebody would offer you maybe like a fifth-round pick. I mean, the Rangers got a fifth-round pick for Ryan Reeves earlier this season, which tells you where Krasov's stock is. I mean, Reeves, I'm not picking on Reeves. Reeves did a nice job for the Rangers while he was here, uh, but Reeves is who he is. You know, there's there's no secrets with him. He doesn't have any long-term potential, any long-term upside. Krasov does, and despite that, uh, the Rangers could get only a seventh-round draft pick for him three years from now. Three years from now. Pretty wild to think about, and... um. You know, anytime the the Rangers have a situation where, you know, a player leaves in free agency, a player gets traded, whatever the case might be, we usually at least spend, uh, you know, a good segment, if not, in some cases, an entire episode, you know, kind of uh, putting a bow on their Ranger tenure in many cases, you know, wishing them well and, you know, talking about what they might do with their new team and, and just kind of uh, sharing some good memories, their, their top moments with the Rangers over the years. Uh, we've done that with a lot of different players in the history of Locked On New York Rangers. I'm kind of done with with Kravtsov. You know, I, I was just ready for this whole thing to be over. Uh, I do think he at least came back and um, did what he had to do as far as, uh, you know, playing nice in the sandbox, so to speak, with the Ranger organization. But it's been one thing after another. And uh, Rain, the Rangers and Kravtsov just were clearly never on the same page. And even when Kravtsov did play, you know, he got some time on the Panarin line this season, wasn't really able to take advantage of it. Uh, we're talking about somebody who's got just 10 points in 48 games. Uh, he gets the fresh start that he wants with the Vancouver Canucks, and uh, that's pretty much the end of it. I mean, I, I suppose I wish him well, and uh, hopefully he can, you know, get to a place mentally where, you know, he's he's ready to go to work every single day, and, um, you know, he doesn't walk out on the Canucks if they send him to the fourth line or they make him a healthy scratch or whatever the case might be. Uh, we'll we'll see what the case ends up being uh, with Vitaly Krasov. But at least they trade him at a conference, and they don't seem too likely to be burned by him, uh, you know, in a big division matchup or, or whatever the case might be there. Uh, as far as what they got for him, I already mentioned, of course, the uh, seventh-round pick in 2026. It's not even a conditional seventh-round pick. Like, it's not even like if Krasov, uh, you know, does something to make himself quasi-relevant that the seventh-round pick becomes a sixth-round pick. It's just a seventh-round pick and— Will Lockwood. Who is Will Lockwood? Very good question. Uh, I had the same question when I saw this trade being announced during the broadcast today. Will Lockwood, 24-year-old right winger. He was drafted by the Canucks back in 2016 at number 64 overall. He has played just uh, 28 career NHL games, all of them with the Vancouver Canucks. In those 28 games, he has scored zero goals and has one assist. Jake Lecision S numbers. Uh, he is a minus 12 overall. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, I suppose if you're looking for something positive, he does have 92 hits in 28 games, so uh, there is that. It would seem that uh, he at least plays with some physicality. I would imagine that uh, he would head to the AHL. I haven't seen anything definitive there, but um, we'll look to see how the Rangers 
look to deploy Will Lockwood. I, I just, it's hard to get excited about somebody that's got one point in 28 career games, but uh, we'll see what uh, kind of role he ends up carving out with himself within the Rangers organization. I figure we could pretty much call it there, though. Like I said, uh, the Rangers going to be back in action on Sunday at 5 p.m. against the Los Angeles Kings. One other note that I want to throw out there is that Dylan McElrath was playing for the Capitals today, and the Rangers drafted him in the first round all the way back in 2010. He's barely played in the NHL, so it was pretty surreal to see him out there um, you know, competing against the Rangers in an actual NHL game. But, yeah, I figure that we can pretty much call it there for today. Uh, once again, if you guys would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.